Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for $2.49 a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details. 49ers-Eagles, one day away. NFC Championship, so I had to bring my guy Sunil back to the channel, and we got to talk this up. Let's go right after this. Welcome back, everybody, to another episode of the Rohan Chakravarti Show, because we've got my guy So Real Sunil here, making it a fun episode before the 49ers play the Eagles tomorrow. Sunil, how you doing, man? Man, one sleep away from the NFC Championship game, Rohan. I'm getting pretty, pretty confident and comfortable with the 49ers constantly being in the NFC Championship game, man. I feel like we've been here before, three in the last four years. It's nice to have a team that's constantly competing for a change. It's been a while, so I'm, I'm appreciating all of the fun around uh, being a 49er fan at this point. Exactly. I mean, you have to appreciate it, right? Three championships in the last, what, in the last four years. And I saw a funny tweet because it's true. Every year, Kyle Shanahan hasn't had an injured team. They've made the NFC Championship or higher, right? 2017, I mean, that team wasn't great, but still. I think 24 players ended up on IR on that team. 2018 with a Garoppolo injury. 2019 uh, got to the Super Bowl. 2020, a hell of a lot of injuries. And then 2021 and 22, championship and championship. Before I continue, do want to give a shout out to Nothing But Niners. If you guys don't know, Mike and the crew over there, they do a phenomenal job. Always keeping the 49er faithful. Uh, just really prepared with shows. So appreciate you guys for tuning in. But normally we go ahead, we talk about the matchup, and then we give our predictions at the end. Me and Sunil today, we're going to flip it because I'm sure you guys have all heard about all the previews. So we're going to flip it, talk about who we think will win, why, and the ramifications of each situation. So i got to ask you the big question to start it off. Who's going to win, Sunil? Yeah, so Rohan, I, I, this has been the game that I've been calling – I think since the beginning of the season, I thought that these two teams would make it to the NFC championship game. I've been really high on the Eagles for, for quite some time. Um, they remind me a lot of the 49ers Rohan in the sense that this is a team that talent wise has always been top notch, but has always dealt with injuries, which is why they, um, they, you know, constantly were kind of forgotten as far as how good of a team they could be. Also, they needed to fix their quarterback situation to be able to, you know, live to all their expectations and what the talent of the team is. So very similar to the 49ers. However, for me, the difference in this game is going to be the experience of the 49ers uh, versus the inexperience of the Eagles. Um, and that not only the players, but also the coaching staff. I think this is a game where we get to finally see Kyle Shanahan out coach somebody in a big game. And uh, I think it's set up for the 49ers to eke out a victory with, um, you know, 24-21, I think is going to be in that kind of range. 49ers get the dub. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I think that's important to note. There are a lot, a lot of factors. And me and Sunil will go to it. This game, what I said yesterday and what I've said for the past few days, there is nothing definitive about this game. These are the two most talented rosters in the NFL. And so... There are a lot more questions, and there are no answers. The answers to those questions will ultimately determine who wins this game. And right now, as the unfortunate, I, I know a lot of people have disagreed, a lot of people have disliked my take, and I've also stated, look, I personally want the 49ers to win. 
I get to cover a team for two more weeks rather than seeing my team go home and then we have to go to the offseason. I want the 49ers to win. It's in my best interest for the 49ers to win. But I've watched the film. I've seen everything. And at the moment, I think while it's going to be a very close game, I did predict the Eagles to win. And I know it's the unpopular opinion. I know that a lot of people are not going to like that necessarily, but I think there's a lot of reasoning behind it. When you talk about it, I, I think that this is the biggest challenge for both teams. And like I said, there are a lot of those questions to where if the 49ers answer those questions, they can win. I can definitely see it. At the moment, though, right now, I think my gut is leading towards the Eagles winning this one in a very close game. I think it's going to be a three-point deficit as well. Yeah, man. I mean, look, this is a pick em game. Even, uh, you know, even though the Eagles are favored, they're favored under what usually the home team is favored Correct. in a game. So it's pretty much a pick em. I don't think even Vegas is sure what's going to happen with this game. And it's going to be all about execution. I think for the, both teams are going in realizing that they really have to execute. They're not going to be able to get away with maybe mistakes that they've been able to get away in previous games just because of the level of talent on the opposite side is much better than what they usually deal with. So, you know, it is going to come down to who executes better, who's, who has better ball security. Um, yeah, man, I think it's going to be a game for the ages, whoever wins. I, I, I think so too. I said this yesterday. I think this has honestly the roots to even, even if the score isn't that high, this has the roots to be one of the better championship games that we've seen in recent history in the NFC. Why? Because you've got maybe the arguably the two best rosters that we've seen in a while. Philadelphia with being the most complete team, San Francisco right there being the second most complete team. The rosters overall, I know a lot of people put value towards the quarterback. A lot of people put value towards certain positions, but the depth and the talent on these two teams are unmatched. These are the two best teams in the NFL in terms of talent. And so that's why I think it's going to be such an intriguing matchup because there are so many different matchups that you can highlight. And what I tweeted out earlier today, which I, I honestly think is going to matter, talent is talent. That That's there. But I don't think that talent is the number one thing you got to look at. It's how is that talent utilized? That's how the game is won. For example, the 49ers can place A.J. Brown or Diamond Lenore and A.J. Brown. Now, as when you're just looking on paper, guess what? Eagles, that matchup, Eagles, Eagles, Eagles. However, it's not as simple as just one-on-one A.J. Brown on Diamond Lenore. It's the way the 49ers play. Are they going to play off coverage? Are they going to allow to play press man to get uh, to get their, uh, to allow their defensive line to get home and trust their cornerbacks? Overall, there are so many different factors that go into it where it's just not a, a one-by-one. And that's why I think it's such an intriguing matchup. Yeah, and I mean, you look at it as well, um, you know, I look at the, these teams, and you mentioned it a couple of times now, that these are the two most complete teams. Personally, Rohan, I've said this even before the playoffs um, started. I said the winner of the NFC Championship game is going to win the Super Bowl. And I think it's because of that, where, you know, the AFC teams, I think, are more quarterback dominant. They have, like, the better quarterbacks over there as far as, you know, Joe Burrow, Patrick Mahomes, I would say, probably rank higher than um, than uh, Hurts and obviously Purdy. However, when you look at who, which teams have the most ways to win, the Eagles and the 49ers have a multitude of ways to win versus the other teams, right? These teams could win. Eagles and the 49ers could win with their running game. They could win with their passing game. They could win with their defense. They could win with their special teams. So um, when you look at, for me, I always look at, you know, which team has the most ways to win and I'm going to favor that team to end up winning. And uh, that's why that's why this game is so hard to call, because mm -hmm. both teams have, you know, similar amount of ways to win. So it's just about who executes better. I agree. And that's why earlier this week, it's so tough because there are different ways that each team can win. And I highlighted the keys, the way the 49ers can win and the keys the Eagles can win. And I think that that's a good way to start. Sunil, what do you think are the reasons why the 49ers are going to win this matchup? Yeah, so there there's a few, um, you know, the. Right off the jump, I want to talk about, you know, I, I mentioned the coaching, the coaching edge, you know, even though the Eagles have had quote unquote, the better season, you should, you could say, because, you know, they were only one loss before Hertz got injured, right? The, the yeah. they really, right. you know, the Hertz led team is, you know, 
They were 13 and one at the time, I believe Hertz got injured. Yeah, 13 right. and one. Right. So he's four, 14 and one. You put in the playoffs, 15 and one, right? So as a starter this season. So you look at that and you're like, okay, great. You know, they're, um, you know, they're obviously put together. Uh, they've only lost once. Um, but when you look at when's the last big game that they've won, it's been some time, right? You look at Hertz since he's come back from injury. He played a Giants team that wasn't trying to win, right? They were trying to rest their players. And then a Giant team that they were just way better than. So when's the last time Sirianni has won a big game? When's the last time he's been put in situations where he had to make uh, pivotal decisions that mattered? They haven't played a game that's mattered against a team that, that, that actually could give them a challenge in a long time whereas you look at the 49ers and that hasn't been the case right they played a very tough uh dallas team in a, in a tough game where they got punched in the mouth and they were able to show um the fortitude to be able to get a victory out of that they played a, a rival in seattle that punched them in the mouth in the first half and they were able to get it together and then you know pull away in the second half you know and they've been on a, a winning streak where you know they've been able to dominate teams and you know with whatever the, the team's makeup is so and this team has was in was here last year a, a lot of the team is the same same players that were there and this coaching staff was here last year so to me i think that the edge as far as experience and when it when it comes down to being a close game that decision making the the ability to make the right choices as far as going for it when to use your timeouts, clock management, all those types of things, Ron, we've seen play a role in whether or not a team wins or, or loses. So we right. haven't seen Sirianni be placed in those situations and see how he um, plays with that type of pressure. And and you're calling it a close game. I'm calling it a close game. So we know that those can be little, little things that are the deciding factor between a win and a victory. So I think the 49ers have the edge there. What do you think about that? I think that you have to say it. I mean, to me, I'm not going to try and create an argument that's not there. The 49ers have played in bigger, uh, much more important games than the Philadelphia Eagles. The 49ers have a head coach who's been in this situation not only one in one coaching stint, but in another coaching stint. Now, however you want to uh, discuss the results, it's important to know how impressive it is to get to the NFC Championship and the Super Bowl, how tough it is, especially with the way the 49ers did it last year, winning on the road in their last four games, or I forget, it was three or four games, to get to that destination. So I do agree there. However, I don't know how big of a role or how big of an impact that is. I'm looking more so schematically as to the keys to win. And like I said, nothing is definitive. There are a bunch of questions. Number one, uh, let's let's look at the Philadelphia. Let's just start with the Philadelphia offense versus the 49ers defense because I think that that's the bigger matchup. How do mm -hmm. you how do you combat the zone read, the RPO, all the action that Jalen Hurts has, and all all the action the Eagles have in the running game? Because there are a couple of situations when you got to talk about. The Eagles are a prolific rushing attack, just running the football with their running backs. Miles Sanders is effective. Their offensive line is the best in football. That's important. Number two, Jalen Hurts is a very good runner running the football. We know the 49ers have had those issues with the mobile quarterbacks. And number three, and the most important one, is the scheme. The Philadelphia Eagles have found ways to combat teams that try and defend their rushing attack. How? Teams try and defend their rushing attack with gap exchanges, scrape exchanges. What does this mean? So it's all about responsibility. There's the edge rusher who's normally responsible for crashing on the running back. The quarterback can identify what the edge rusher's responsibility is, and then they can identify who is then responsible for them. The Eagles, the, they're them so do that and create a blocker on normally the linebacker that is trying to come out and get the quarterback. That creates a shift in responsibility for the edge or sorry, for the cornerbacks who then have a different responsibility. And it's really all about communication. If the 49ers are crisp in their discipline and communication, that that is how they can combat that. And if they can neutralize one part, a significant part about the Eagles offense, then they have a bigger chance and a much more likelihood of winning. That's important. My problem 
is I think they've been inconsistent and you've seen it on film. They've been inconsistent with those exchanges and you've seen big games from quarterbacks happen before. And that is why I'm saying there are a lot more questions than you have answers. You don't know how the 49ers are going to play. And I think the discipline is important. If the 49ers can remain disciplined, that chance increases. But if they are inconsistent, then the explosive plays on the ground could happen a lot more. And that's something that I think is a concern for the 49ers in this game. Yeah, and I mean, that's absolutely accurate, right? So the thing that's interesting, Rohan, I don't know if you you, you uh, looked at these numbers, but there's been four games where Jalen Hurts um, was the starter that were in mm-hmm. question for the Eagles. Uh, they lost one of them. They won three of them. But they were close games that could have gone either way. Arizona, um, obviously they lost to Washington, Indianapolis, and Chicago. Guess who the leading rusher in all of those games were? Uh, are you saying for the Eagles or for their opponents? For the Eagles. For the Eagles. Would it be Miles Sanders or would it be Jalen Hurts? It was Jalen Hurts. Those are the only four games where Jalen Hurts was the leading rusher. And so what I extrapolated for that is, you know, when you, you, you watch NBA as well, whenever there's like a superstar NBA player, there's never like a, a, the ability to really like stop that player. Like if you're playing Kobe or you're playing Steph, the the deep the defense isn't like let's make sure Kobe doesn't get his points. Right. Let's make sure Steph doesn't get his points. The de- the the defense is make sure nobody else has a big game. And so I think that the 49ers are going to be focused on that. Like Jalen Hurts is too has too many ways to beat you that you can, if you focus on hey we're going to make sure Jalen Hurts we shut him down. It's probably going to be hard to be able to do that, but if you can shut down everybody else, make sure A.J. Brown doesn't have a big game. Make sure Devontae doesn't have a big game. Make sure Miles Sanders doesn't have a big game. Like, that's where I think this is going to be. Now, to, to, to talk about your point directly, the, the edge on the defense that the 49ers have over the Eagles is uh, linebackers, right? So this is the best linebacking core that the Eagles have ever gone, gone against. Mm-hmm. Also, our secondary is known for being very sound tacklers as well. So those are key factors that can combat that. So as long as, like you said, the the gap discipline is there. Discipline, yeah. I think that the the talent and the ability of this team to tackle can prevent those plays that usually maybe go for 8, 9, 10 yards, big plays keep them at three to six yards where they're still kind of having to um, – they're, they're not turning into the big plays that they are against other teams. Now, who I, I'm paying attention to on the 49ers defense is two players. Obviously, Nick Bosa, because sometimes he gets caught in no man's land when it comes to his gap assignment, even though he is an above-average uh, run stopper. I don't think he gets enough credit for that. But the main player is Dre Greenlaw. Um, because Dre Greenlaw is kind of has that boomer bust potential, Rowan. He's the type of player that's always looking to make the big play. Sometimes he over pursues his gap, and that could lead to a cutback for a Jalen Hurts, for um, you know Sanders, which can lead to those big plays. So those are the two players that I really I'm looking to as if they could stay disciplined, if they could make sure that they're dotting their eyes, crossing their T's, and not getting too lost in trying to make the big play and just stay discipline i think that it's going to be a tough night for the eagles to be able to you know get off the way that they're usually able to with other teams i i think so too and i i mean like i said what did i say there's questions the answers is what needs to come out and that's right. where there can be concerns i don't think there's anything definitive about this matchup it's really like i and this is also why i bring up the argument about how Games in the past don't matter. It's really how do you execute in this game? How have you played? Like the analysis that you can take with statistics on certain trends from games in the past, that's all right. You can see trends from the first half to the second half. You can see trends in general in between games. But really overall, games in the past don't matter. It's this specific game. How do you execute, especially in football, when it's only one game that matters, 60 minutes that matters. And I think that that's important to know. And so to me, I think the keys to win – uh, I, I think there are several of them. That's one of the uh, what. That's one of the questions that I raise. 49ers uh, defense in the uh, in the running game. How do they stop all three aspects? Hurts in the RPO system. Hurts. Uh, Hurts generally as a runner. And also, uh, how do 
the 49ers stop Miles Sanders. Now, we've also seen the other point that you haven't brought up yet is we've also seen how elite the offensively, right? They are one of the best gap-filling schemes. Now, exchange-wise is where they're inconsistent, but when they fill gaps, that's where they are. Um, like, they're every single player, that's where they're the most disciplined, when it's gap-filling scheme in between the tackles when you're talking about that power run. And I think that that's where the 49ers could also have an advantage. But then again, like you said, there it's a battle that neither team has seen thus, uh, thus far. And so... I, I think that this is going to be a, a very, very interesting matchup for that reason. The second point that I want to bring up and I want to hear your thoughts on, passing game for the Eagles. Jalen Hurts significantly improved as a deep ball passer. He's yep. a guy who creates very many explosive plays for the Eagles offense. He leads, I don't know if he leads the NFL, but he had a very good year, averaging 8.1 yards per attempt, which I believe leads the NFL while completing 66% of his passes. What does that mean? He throws the ball downfield while completing a high amount of his passes. He's a good deep ball thrower, throws well outside the numbers, and he's got a fairly strong arm at the moment. I think that that's going to also be important because how do the 49ers play Jalen Hurts? Are they going to allow their corners to press up on the top receivers for the Eagles? Are they going to allow the corners to play soft and off coverage? Because if you play soft, Hurts is just going to carve you up on those 10-yard out routes and things like that. So I wonder what the matchup is for the 49ers, how do they play, especially if their defensive line can't get home on a consistent basis against that Philly offensive line. Yeah. And, and, you know, you, you mentioned Jalen Hurts, but he also has some really, really good receivers and options to throw to as well. Right. And AJ Brown and Devante, um, as well as Goddard, I think, it, you know, is a, is a, is a really good tight end as well. So, yeah, I mean, look, once again, the margins of error are very, very small in this game. Luckily for the 49ers, they have the type of cornerbacks that they can match up um, with, with these backs, right? Charvarius Ward, you know, we've seen him shut down um, DK Metcalf in multiple games and AJ Brown, DK Metcalf, very similar type receivers. Obviously they play college ball together. Um, so we know, you know, that, that Charvarius Ward can be up to the challenge. I wonder Rohan, I know obviously the 49ers haven't shown uh, or D'Amico Ryans hasn't shown that ability or that, I guess, to actually do it. I know it's something you've mentioned. Look, Charveris Ward had a, a great game against C.D. Lamb. Unfortunately, C.D. Lamb still got off because they just moved him to the slot or they moved him away from Charveris Ward. Is this the game where they util they they have Charveris Ward um, shadow A.J. Brown? Because if they so. do that, yeah, I don't think they will because obviously they haven't done it before. I forget but... where. I heard a comment last week in this past week how someone said that they're more comfortable when uh, – like Diomedo the Norm might have said it where they're comfortable with him specifically on that left side or him specifically on their right side. So I don't think they'll do it. But, yeah, continue forward. And, and, and to be honest, they they probably don't need to. I mean I know I'm, I'm uh, you know contradicting myself. But, look, even though all of these teams have had a receiver go off, CeeDee Lamb went off. They only scored 12 points. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, DK Metcalf went off. They still got lost by, what, two, three scores. So it's not necessarily that, like, a receiver going off necessarily means that the defense still isn't playing well. But to combat your point, the 49ers do have the ability and the talent to be able to match up with this receiving core. The question is, the Achilles heel of the 49ers has been the deep ball, right? So – can the 49ers limit explosive plays? I'm fine with the dink and dunks, to be honest, because the 49ers have shown a propensity to tighten up when that space in the field doesn't get, uh, doesn't have as much space, right? So, like, you can get, you could dink and dunk your way to like the 49ers 30 yard line, but then they start to tighten up when there's less space and, and the 49ers are, are, are forcing teams to, uh, kick field goals instead of get touchdowns to me if the eagles are kicking field goals the 49ers are doing a really really great job so it might be the case where they do play more soft zone type coverage make it the dink and dunk because it's more important for the eagles not to get those big plays that that have right. you know basically uh demolished teams this season and and keep them force them to, to to kick field goals i think that might be maybe part of the part of the game plan. I, I think that that's fair. I, I do think that's fair and it's important. And now flipping it over to the other side where 
obviously the 49ers against that Eagles defense, one of the better defenses in the NFL. I want to bring up some interesting points that I want to hear your thoughts on. Obviously, the 49ers and their running game. Let's start with that. Elijah Mitchell, Christian McCaffrey, we've heard the injury news. McCaffrey is off the injury report, but undoubtedly he's going to look limited in a way. He didn't look like himself last week. The explosiveness wasn't there to the level that we've seen in the past. And it's a calf contusion, which seems the calf injuries seem to linger a little more. We'll see how he plays. Mitchell. No practice at all this week, and he was the best running back on the field last week. And so with them two out, what do you think the 49ers should do? Yeah, I mean, obviously you would love to see them fully healthy, but um, that isn't the case. I think CMC is going to be all right. Obviously he's a weapon in, multi in multiple ways. Like uh, he, his explosiveness may not be seen as much through the running game, but he's definitely a threat out of the backfield as far as passing. And I do think that the screen game is going to be a big, big time uh, weapon against this defense, right? With with their great defensive line. I think we got. I think this is a Debo game, man. That's what's great about the 49ers. TMS, too many stars, right? There, there was a time where Debo was out, and you had CMC. That was going in there and doing everything that Debo used to do to carry the offense. Now CMC is a little bit injured. I think they're going to utilize Debo, um, you know, quite a bit more out of the backfield, you know, quick passes, kind of let them be the yak bros and all that kind of stuff. Um, so I expect the running game still to be prolific. And look, Kyle Shanahan has shown the propensity that even if the running game isn't, uh, necessarily like effective in the first half he'll stick with it and and in the second half you start to see those two three four yard gains now turn into six seven eight ten yard gains um because they're just constantly pounding the ball and being physical with the defense so i do think as far as just specifically even though there's injuries there i don't think that that means that the 49ers aren't going to be utilize the run as their number one option this is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. I think that it's going to be important to do one thing. And actually, before I say it, I do want to give a shout out to some people because we do have a nice uh, group of people coming in. PJ, thank you for tuning in, man. Appreciate the support as well as Alan. Uh, he says, let's go Niners. Fun game tomorrow. Avtar Singh, thank you for tuning in as well. And uh, Yafi, thank you for tuning in. We will get to your question in a little bit. But I mean, actually, we'll get to it now because you're asking if it's a uh, if it's a crippling offense or if Debo's lack of effort is not if Debo's lack of effort on routes is crippling crippling our offense. I can't speak, but talking about Debo Samuel, I actually think he's going to be extremely important in this game. I think this is the game where Debo Samuel needs to show up, but the 49ers need to utilize Debo Samuel. You're not going to have your most physical option in the running game in Elijah Mitchell. It, or it's not that you're not going to have him. You're going to have a limited version of him. You need to recreate the physicality that you have with your uh, that your limited running backs might be lacking a little more because of their injuries. And where better to recreate that than with the most physical player on your team in Debo Samuel? I think Debo Samuel gets a little more carries out of the backfield. You might see a game plan more similar to the uh, Seattle Seahawks game. Screens, runs from Debo Samuel get him with the uh, get him the ball in space. Why? The Philadelphia Eagles. Pretty darn good coverage team. Maybe the best coverage team in the NFL. Not as great with the tackling with their cornerbacks. The 49ers very stout with their cornerback tackling. Not as much with the Philadelphia Eagles. Run right at them. Go right at them, uh, uh, be it in the running game or in the screen game. I think that's the benefit the 49ers have to take an advantage of. And then they can continue to set up the run. Another guy who could play, but obviously we don't know, saw two carries in the Seattle game at the end of the game. Jordan Mason. He's a guy who has that physicality that's unmatched. It's tough. You got to rely on a rookie who hasn't played much in the NFC Championship game. I think that if uh, the other two running backs can't be effective enough, 
you got to give Mason some load and see how that physicality can help him, especially in the second half. I think that that's where the most important time comes. And so I think that that is where the 40 under should go. Obviously, it's not the most ideal solution to have your two top backs be limited in a way going into this game. But the 49ers need to recreate that physicality, and that's where I think you got to increase the load for Debo Samuel, maybe even Jordan Mason. Yeah, I mean, Jordan Mason obviously is there if they need to um, utilize him. But I think we both kind of mentioned it. At the end of the day, you know, the it's more about manufacturing yards than and making sure that you're getting into third and short uh, versus how you do that. And if they can manufacture those same yards through quick screens, quick uh, wide receiver screens, quick screens to, you know, the, the running backs or to Debo or whatever the case may be, that might be the way that they manufacture those first down, second down yards um, versus just, you know, pounding the rock up the middle like they they would usually do if these running backs were healthy. So to me, I think it's very important that the 49ers offense stays away from third and long because at the end of the day, we know what this defense is, the Philadelphia Eagles strength is, and that's in the pass defense. They have, you know, the best defensive line, like a historic defensive line and the amount of sacks that they've been able to get um, through the regular season. And they have probably the best secondary in the league as well um, with the combination of Slay and Bradbury. So um, to me, you want to stay out of as many for sure passing downs as possible. Um, and the, the more opportunity Kyle Shanahan has to utilize his whole playbook versus uh, just the passing, just like forced passing plays, uh, the better I think the 49ers are going to be overall. I, I think so, right? Because you want to have the balanced approach. When you look at how the 49ers have won their past two games, just take a look at their game plan. First half in both games, the 49ers were more pass-centric. 19 passages in the first half in each of the past two games. 10 runs in the Seattle game, 11 runs, I believe, in the Dallas game. Flip it to the second half, they ran the ball uh, a lot more. They ran the ball over 20 times in each game in the second half, passing a lot less than that. Why? It's the way that the 49ers want to go. Eagles, I'm expecting them to do what uh, Dallas and Seattle did. Dare Brock Purdy to throw the football and trust your coverage. Now, the Eagles are best equipped to do that because they have the best coverage of the three teams. But I think that's the strategy that the 49ers probably have to go with. Trust your quarterback the way Kyle Shanahan has been doing in the past two games. Trust your quarterback and go with the flow. Start uh, start the game. Pass a little more. See what you can get in the passing game. And then impose that physicality in the second half like you've been doing it's a little more of a conservative approach but if the defense can hold up enough which is the biggest question of this game then you're going to be able to instill this approach and really play the uh, the way that you want to play the way that Kyle Shanahan wants to play getting the ball on the ground and getting uh really starting to run the football a lot more it reminds me of that social media trend never let them know what's coming next kind of thing like, never let them know so your that, next move yeah let, never let them know your next move so i think that's going to be important for for the 49ers and, and it's going to be interesting because i think this is a game where kyle shanahan really gets into his bag um because he 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 needs to right and i think brock purdy you want to get him confidence early so that later in the game if we do need to rely on his arm for whatever reason that he has some confidence uh, you know, going in, especially against, like I said, this is the best pass defense um, in the league. Um, you know, it, it, margin of error, we, you know, it's a common trend that I'm saying margin of error is very, very small here. So you want to be able to play smart, but also, you know, uh, take some chances here and there. To me, Rohan, the player that I think has the biggest game, I know you mentioned Debo. Go for it. Um, I think this is a George Kittle game. And, and the reason the reason for that is out of all of the matchups uh, where you look at where the 49ers have the best matchup offense versus their offense versus Philadelphia's defense, they don't have anybody to match up with Kittle. Their linebackers are going to be too slow. Their secondary safeties are going to be too small. And we know that the connection between Brock Purdy and, and George Kittle are there. We've seen how in this playoff run, you know, George Kittle can be like a momentum changer for the team. And we also have seen through the regular season that Brock Purdy and George Kittle can dominate a game and, uh, you know, really get him involved. I, I truly believe that because if you look at this defense and where their biggest weakness is, it's the linebackers. 
So if um, if uh, George Kittle can get matched up against those linebackers, I expect Brock Purdy to try to isolate that and and um, you know really take advantage of that opportunity. So I expect a big game. I could see George Kittle getting a, a multiple touchdown game and really being the deciding factor for this offense. I like your I like your take because I do agree in a way in that in the downfield passing game, I think the two kind of more most important features are going to be Kittle and are going to be Christian McCaffrey. Christian McCaffrey's health is obviously contingent on this, but I think Kittle and McCaffrey are going to play an important role. You want to take advantage of the of over the middle of the field, but you also want to have different route combinations to where you're not putting Brock Purdy in uh in unfavorable situations. The Eagles have really good safeties. Uh Avant uh CJ Chauncey Gardner Johnson and Avante Maddox, slot corner obviously uh in Maddox, but now that moves Gardner Johnson back to his regular position of safety. And he's a pretty good uh, coverage corner, and uh, they really do a good job in uh, trying to limit the middle of the field. But I think that with the way that the receivers are, you're going to want to target those linebackers. You want to target the middle of the field. And it's not like the linebackers are necessarily weak, but you've got to be able to create the uh, the favorable opportunities for yourself. And I think that that comes with those two players. And so I would not be surprised if those two players have uh, uh, big games when you're talking about the downfield passing uh, attack whereas Debo Samuel is that guy uh, that you you see operate a lot more near the line of scrimmage. Yeah, and don't sleep on Brandon Ayuk. Brandon Ayuk has had mm-hmm. big games against Philly, and, uh, you know, he's been – he he's ready to break out too. You know what I mean? He's so right. – so this is a, like for – I think – I think something is happening because we there's been a lot of us content creators that are giving a lot of respect to the Eagles and rightfully so because this team is just built really really well. But I remember this quote like you know um, I'm a big Kobe Bryant fan. So when Kobe Bryant was was young, uh, he was getting some advice from his team when they were going up against Michael Jordan, and then they were like, "Don't look him in the eyes." Because if you look them in the eyes, it gets people intimidated and type of things. And Kobe Bryant came back and he was like, these guys didn't know who they were talking to. He's like, I'm that dude too. He better not look me in the eyes. And so like, it's the same type of mentality with the 49ers that look, yeah, the Eagles are really great at this, really great at that. But so are we. Like, they have the best corner duo. We might have the best wide receiver duo. You know what I mean? They So it's like... Mm-hmm are receiving options overall. So it's like just as much as our margin of error is very small, so is theirs. So if they make some mistakes, if they over pursue, if they um, can't get to Brock Purdy, all of these things that we're mentioning, the 49ers can take full advantage and make this a very, very tough game for the Eagles as well. So we're assuming that they execute well, but there's a chance they haven't played an offense like this either. You know what I mean? Like, if you look at their division, Rohan, where they've played obviously most of the games, they don't have the type of weapons that they had to go up against where each cornerback really had to pay attention to who they were guarding, right? Like Debo is the one that everybody talks about, but we all know Brandon Ayuk is the better route runner. Brandon Ayuk is the one that gets open more often. Um, and then they've never had to go up against uh, a tight end like like George Kittle. So there's a lot that this defense has to pay attention to, meaning the Eagles defense, because if they miss their assignments, if they get lackadaisical, the 49ers are going to eat them up. And we are going to force them and challenge them. Are you guys good tacklers? Because if this right. secondary can't tackle, this is going to be a big game for the 49ers as well. Yeah, I agree. I agree. And I think this is a good way to segue into some of the interesting situations. Like, we've talked about the Eagles. We know how both sides can win. We we understand that both sides have a good chance to win. But I do want to ask you, if the 49ers w- lose this game, we'll start with that. If the 49ers lose this game, is this a busted season, given the way that it's gone around? I would say no, man. I would say no. And I want to take it back to something that you mentioned in uh the beginning of the beginning of this show you said anytime kyle shanahan has had a healthy team that they've made it to the nfc championship game and then you included this year but that's not accurate right because this wasn't a healthy season for the 49ers they're using their third string quarterback which in no way shape or form should the 49ers be 
where they are right now with the last pick in the draft, a third string quarterback. So I don't know if you could call it a bust because Kyle Shanahan is attempting to do something and the 49ers are attempting to do something that has never happened ever in the history of the league. Have a, have a, have a rookie take a team to the Super Bowl. have a rookie start in the Super Bowl. That's never happened, Rohan. So to say that it's a busted year when the way, the only way that it isn't is doing something that's never been done in history. I don't know if those two things kind of jive, you know what I mean? So it's like, it's like, Hey, it's a busted season, but nobody's ever been able to do it before. I don't know if that makes sense. So because of the way that the season went, I think that they've outperformed and overperformed any expectations. Now with that being said, I do think it's going to be a huge missed opportunity because we know that this team isn't going to be able to come back exactly as is, right? There, there's right. a lot of a lot of free agents um, that are going in. We obviously know the coaching staff is going to be highly changed. The front office is going to be highly changed. So this team isn't going to be exactly the same next season. So I think that this team, from top to bottom, is a Super Bowl caliber team. It would be a missed opportunity if they did lose and end up not winning a Super Bowl just because, you know, some of the guys that we're, we're fans of might not be on the team next season. No, I, I agree. And I really do respect this, uh, the the take here, considering it a bust because we've been here before, because that has been a take that we've seen. Personally, I'm not of the view of busted seasons to me. Because I think that there is important things that you take away. Like you said, I mean, the storyline itself. Um, and I think it's interesting because you can view it two ways. The 49ers have won 12 straight after going three and four. That's phenomenal. But then again, they disappointed by going three and four. So you can view it in that way. You can view it in the other way. But there are circumstances behind it. The injuries, obviously, to Trey Lance, then to Jimmy Garoppolo, and then guys like Emmanuel Mosley as well. I don't think it's a busted season. Also, for for, mul for a multitude of reasons. One, I don't think it's a busted season because they're facing one of the best teams that we've seen in a while in the Philadelphia Eagles. They're also a very good team, but they've they faced, they faced that team. Now, it would be unfortunate for sure and disappointing if they lost because this might be one of the better chances that they have for a title because of the roster that they have, like you mentioned, but I also think that if you look big picture, the 49ers are going to be able to keep up this sustain, uh, sustain this level of success, in my opinion, at least for the next two years. Trey Lance's rookie deal, because that's when that uh, that cap goes around. I'm not saying that Trey Lance is going to be the starting quarterback, regardless of whether he or Purdy is the starting quarterback. If both are on the roster, you've got to look at their contracts, and Lance has the bigger one. So he's got two more years of cost-controlled uh, of a cost-controlled cap hit, and I think that that's important because that means the 49ers can insulate the roster elsewhere. Obviously, dealing with the extension of Devosa and all, but also dealing with the increased salary cap. And so to me, I think with the way the season has gone, I wouldn't consider it a bust, especially with the impressive accolades that the 49ers have had, like the amount of things that Brock Purdy has done, and also being that history is against their side, right? No rookie quarterback has ever made it to the Super Bowl as a starter. None. They're 0-4 right now. Purdy could be the first one to do it. And so because I say that, I also want to ask you the other situation. Is it a busted season if the 49ers make the Super Bowl? And miss it. Do you think, or let me ask you this way, because obviously it's not a busted season for you, but do you think it's worse if the 49ers lose here or lose in the Super Bowl? I think losing the Super Bowl. And the reason for it is I think ultimately that's where the questions about Kyle Shanahan are going to come back up. Because I think, you know, NFC Championship game, all this kind of stuff, like that, uh, I think Kyle Shanahan's getting gets the pass because he's doing it with the third string quarterback, rookie quarterback, you know, Mr. Irrelevant, all that type of stuff. You get to the Super Bowl though, at that point, you're not dealing with the rookie anymore. You know what I mean? Right. Like that at that point, you've shown that you're the best team in the NFC. You gotta win it. And with the and you know, you're looking at these you get two weeks, so CMC is gonna be completely healthy. Mitchell should be healthy, like Injuries should not be a, uh, an issue, knock on wood, uh, as long as nothing happens to anybody in the NFC Championship game. But you would think that, especially against if it's Cincy or, you know, uh, 
Kansas City, I would say that other than outside of quarterback from those teams, the 49ers dominate at every other level, every other position there as far as having more talent. So to me, I think it would be worse losing in the Super Bowl just because I think that they would be talent-wise much better than those opposing teams. Mm, mm. I think that that's fair. I, I have the same same answer but a different reasoning. To me, I think it's because the Eagles are a better team than either Super Bowl team that they'll face. So if they beat this team, find a way to beat this team, and then lose to one of those teams, that, in my opinion, is a disappointing finish and more disappointing finish than if they lose to this team. Because like you, I believe that the winner of the NFC Championship is the winner of the Super Bowl. I think so. I think that uh, that's fair given the way that you've seen the rosters. And um, so to me, I think that losing in the Super Bowl would be more uh, – would be – a worse, I don't know how to say, a, a worse loss or more right. disappointing loss. And I think that that does play level uh, a level of indication on Kyle Shanahan as well because you just found a way to beat a stronger team and then now you go into the Super Bowl, uh, a situation where he has struggled before and you lose that. Now, I'm not of the opinion that, or it's not that I'm not of the opinion, but I think it's very, very important to note Kyle Shanahan's fallacies and shortcomings when it comes to these situations but i also think that some of them are obviously overblown but to 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 kind of take away that overblown feeling how do you have to solve it you've got to be able to finish the task and that's why i think losing in the super bowl would be a little more disappointing than losing the nfc championship yeah and you know something that's been that i've been thinking about a lot lately rohan is you know i've always comped kyle shanahan to andy Reid, and mm. um you know you, you're starting to see a lot of those similarities come out as far as domination in the NFC. Obviously, Andy Reid with the Eagles um, was in the NFC Championship game, I think, like four or five times back-to-back, going to one Super Bowl and, and obviously not winning that Super Bowl. Then he goes to um, – and you're seeing similar thing with Kyle Shanahan really being the dominant common denominator in all these NFC Championship games, three in the last four years, only making it to one Super Bowl. And then you go – Andy Reid in the AFC – He's gone, what, this is his fifth AFC Championship game in a row, hosting it, been to two Super Bowls, won one, lost one. But nobody really questions Andy Reid. Right, right? nobody, because because he won that that bowl. He He won won that bowl, right? So that's where I'm kind of seeing where Kyle Shanahan, once he wins that, especially if he wins it this year with Mr. Irrelevant, third-string quarterback, first rookie ever to win a Super Bowl, all that kind of stuff. The amount of GOAT status that Kyle Shanahan will elevate himself to for being the coach that led this team and all this kind of stuff, you'll never hear anybody question Kyle Shanahan ever again. Like, because yeah. you don't see it with I Andy Reid, you fair. know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, so it's like we are the 49ers. We 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 have a 49er fan who will automatically question, but no, I, I think that the majority of your point is very, very true. And I think that's a good point and a good comparison. Yeah, and so and and you look at the way that this team is built and you could say the same for the Eagles. I think this is going to be a rivalry that gets built, you know, over the next five, 10 years, because both of these teams have really are well, really well run organizations. The Eagles, I don't know how they have as many first round picks as they have with the talent that they have on their team and how they're able That's to the always get like part. the biggest superstars. Crazy. You know what I mean? Like they were able to get AJ Brown, Chauncey Gardner, Bradbury, all the, you know, Riddick, all these guys, and they still have two first-round draft picks, and they have, you know, an up-and-coming quarterback. The first one is the 10th overall pick. (laughs) It's not even like it's a bottom one. It's the 10th overall pick. That's what I'm saying. How is that possible? The way that they run their organization is amazing, so they're going to be good for a long time. But to 49ers are that that team too, you know what I mean? Their their ability to draft with their late-round picks – their ability to, to to have the stability and you know all of their core is under contract or will be under contract for for you know quite some time. So it's like this, these are going to be the two best teams in the NFC for you know the next three to five years. I I imagine. So to me, um, to me, yeah, this is like the best opportunity that I think that the 49ers and Kyle Shanahan has. So like I said, I mean, is it a bust? No, but it will be a really big missed opportunity. But I do think that if Kyle Shanahan gets it done, beats beats the Eagles, wins the Super Bowl, you know, 
he's going to retire a 49er and ultimately has a chance at overtaking Bill Walsh as the best coach um, that the 49ers have had, you know, because I, I think that, they, I, well, I think that they have the opportunity to create a dynasty because of all the core play, because of how well they draft, Rohan, because that's the thing, right? Like the Rams, they weren't able to sustain their success because it's not coming from homegrown talent, right? They're doing it through trades and all that kind of stuff. The team that's able to draft and develop has the opportunity to create a dynasty. And the 49ers are, I mean, they just got another pro bowler from a fifth round draft pick or all pro player from a fifth round draft pick. So I think that Kyle Shanahan has absolutely the ability to go out there and win multiple Super Bowls. And you look at it and you say, okay, well, maybe he doesn't win as many as Walsh. But if you look at the type of competition that is here now in this in this NFL, let's say he wins three Super Bowls, Rohan. Are three right. Super Bowls against the competition and level of play right now more valuable than four Super Bowls from Walsh? I don't know. That's what that, but you know, so it's like, especially from what right, Shanahan, because there has been a dynamic change in the NFL, correct? Yeah. Right? And and to do it with multiple different quarterbacks, like he hasn't done it with the he doesn't have a Joe Montana, he doesn't have a Steve Young, you know what I mean? So it's like to be able to do it without like that Hall of Fame quarterback. I don't know. I think it'll be a, I think it'd be a fun debate. He wins a Super Bowl. He's automatically the number two greatest coach in San Francisco right. history, right? You win two or three. There's a debate. I don't think it's open and shut at that point. You know what I mean? All right. All right. <laughs> that is, that is a hot take. I, I really respect it. And I think that that's the perfect way to end the show. Hot takes Sunil coming in. <laughs> hey, I appreciate it, man. And uh, I appreciate everybody in the chat uh, because that's a great way. And if the 49ers win, that is a good way maybe for us to talk a little more next week. So, but guys, uh, like I said, thank you guys so much in the chat. Chat was amazing today. Any last thoughts, Neil? Nah, man. One more sleep. It's going to be an exciting game. Um, I do want to say guys that are going to the game in Philadelphia, I used to live in Philly. They are great fans and all that kind of stuff, but just be safe. I, my best friend's out there. He's an Eagles fan. He told me that somebody was trying to mouth off a 49er fan on the plane on the way out there, and the Eagles fans just gave it to gave it to them. So just be careful. Make sure you know. You, make sure you're staying safe. You're in control of you know who, of your uh, faculties and all that kind of stuff. And enjoy the game. It's going to be a good one. Exactly. You heard it there. Perfect. Thank you so much to Neil for joining me. Chat, thank you as always for tuning into the show. We got to do your ending. So you've got to, you, you got to lead it out. You got to lead us out today. Like we always say, stay safe, stay hydrated. We'll talk again very, very soon. Go Niners. Ha -ha. We'll talk <laughs> soon, guys. See you later. Save big on your Memorial Day barbecue, all in the Kroger app. Get half gallons of delicious Kroger milk for $1.29 each. Then get flavorful Tyson Natural Boneless Chicken Breasts for two forty nine dollars a pound, all with your card and a digital coupon. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.